Welcome to the Coffee Buzz. I am Brad. Thank you for joining me today. I really appreciate that. Hope your new year is off to a good start. I finally had my first curbside coffee, and I know I have uh, probably should have done that before now, but I wanted to get out to a local shop here in Round Rock and check it out. It's called Mi Mundo. It's a coffee house and roastery. And I had the... What did I have there? The Americano, because that's sort of my go-to drink for a new coffee shop. And it was good. I mean, it wasn't like my favorite Americano, but I I kind of like this, the way they do it. Um, I like their menu because they have vegan tamales, folks. Right here, just down the street from me. It's kind of dangerous. <laughs> but uh, uh, fortunately for me, I have like... I don't know, uh, two dozen tamales right now in my fridge. So it's because that's how we roll this time of year. I moved here when I was 12, to Texas, that is, and never really had tamales before I came here. And now I realize that they are a requirement for the holidays, here in Texas at least. I, I don't care where you are. Tamales at Christmas are like, you know, one of the greatest things uh, that uh, mankind has ever contributed to society, in my opinion. <laughs> that might be our greatest legacy, though, is uh, is the tamales. But I will eventually uh, get over there to Mimundo and have a uh, tamale at some point. But um, for right now, just going to be doing some curbside uh, coffee pickups. I do have to take like a um, one of those Clorox wipes with me, right? So that I can wipe down the, uh, <laughs> so I can wipe down the lid before I have the coffee. Um, probably the Clorox is going to do me in before anything else. But it's uh, I know I'm a crazy person. I'm the I'm the most uh, I don't know what the word is. I wasn't a germaphobe before all this, but I, I certainly am heading that way now. I can't just uh, drink from a coffee cup anymore that someone just hands me. That's just where my level of paranoia is at right now. Um, maybe maybe it'll subside. Who knows? I got a guest on the show today coming up, um, Marcos, good friend of mine. You're going to enjoy it. Um, but I do want to, yeah, I had a question for you first. Do you ever have a song that just uh, pops in your head and you immediately have to hear it? This happens to me quite often. Uh, luckily, uh this day and age with streaming music, I can pretty much make whatever song it is that's in my mind, uh, I can actually hear it and, and sort of, you know, otherwise it's stuck in my head all day. You know, I'll be singing, you know, Take Me Home by Genesis all day long unless I can actually hear the song and sort of complete the, I don't know what it is, the mental process of, you know, hearing Phil Collins and the guys get it all out, right? But the other day I had this sensation, this this uh, yearning for Don't Worry, Be Happy by Bobby McFerrin. You know, it just felt like the right time to play that song. And I, it's not one that just comes up every day in my playlist. You know, I, I don't even think I have it in my main library. But the mood struck me. And at that point, I start trying to pair my, my cell phone with the, with the Bluetooth, right? And 
I think there was already another device connected to it or something, but you know, my Bluetooth isn't, I don't know about you, but Bluetooth is very convenient when it works, but it can often be a little, little cumbersome. So, you know, after like two or three minutes, I, I finally give up on the, the Bluetooth speaker and I look over and I see that, you know, the, the TV is on or it's on standby. It's, it's the Apple TV. And so I thought, well, I'm just going to airplay it. And wouldn't you know it, I couldn't get the airplay to work. And I'm sitting there kind of getting pissed, <laughs> if I'm being honest, why I can't listen to Don't Worry, Be Happy. And um, I remember what, uh, what Marcos, my friend Marcos, says in this uh, upcoming segment I'm about to play for you. But he, uh, he said something about luxury problems. And <laughs> this was, uh, it kind of made me laugh at myself for getting all worked up because I couldn't listen to Don't Worry, Be Happy. Like uh, the, the whole experience was just sort of dripping with irony. And so uh, I laughed at myself for a little bit and remembered all about what he was talking about with the luxury problems. Marcos is one of those guys that um, as soon as we met, probably 10 years ago, um, we were just fast friends right away. And since then, we, we haven't, you know, we've sort of drifted apart. We've moved in different directions and whatnot. It seems like that's happening with me and a lot of friends, but... Um, we still sort of remained that, that friendship, you know, we would reconnect with, you know, uh, mutual acquaintances or, um, online, even in social media, uh, commenting on each other's posts. We, we've sort of kept in contact and that, that sort of kinship that we've shared over the years has, has never waned. It's never felt awkward as I'm getting more into, you know, the, uh, the guest spots here on the show. I wanted to bring on Marcos. He was one of the first people I thought of because he is a great storyteller in his own right. He and I have, have shared writings over the years and different things and always, I think, fueled each other in our sort of creative endeavors. But we also talk about what it means to be a father, a husband, and part of a family unit in this, this crazy pandemic time that we're in. That, uh, what what uh, what coffee are you drinking this morning? Um, I'm actually not drinking coffee. Uh, the current and uh, and standard uh, standard morning ritual for the most part is Sumatra, and we buy it mm. uh, at this place called Winco. I don't know if they have that oh, okay. in Austin yet. At this, I haven't point. seen that one. I want to say it's a West Coast chain. My my wife tells me that she thinks she remembers from being a child, and it's kind of like this wholesale grocery store basically but you don't have to have membership and it's pretty no frills you know you got to bag your own your own groceries when you get there um, yeah to the cash register um and they actually have people at the cash register you know a lot of business oh wow moving away from that groceries which is kind of crazy oh, yeah. the whole mass distribution of, of and the removal of human beings from those daily interactions mm. has changed our lives most certainly yeah, yeah, that's a that's a lot of what I'm involved in now, and uh, in, in work is um, automating processes, you know, for to make things easier for yeah. you know, for the production staff. And I just wonder uh, when 
that will reach a peak. You know what I'm saying? You know, because uh, it feels like every enhancement I do, like you said, kind of takes that human element out of it just a little bit more. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and that, that, uh, there's a, I think there's an impact to that. And I don't know if it, whether it's going to be a positive or negative, you know, I, I tend to try yeah. and take these events as they occur, uh, in time and in history. Well, my fort, short 45 years on the planet, so to speak, I've been through a few <laughs> cycles. I haven't seen them all, but I, I've seen a few. And so I tend not to overreact to, to events or try not to. Um, and so, I'm trying to raise my daughter to be the same way. It's it's a very it's a yeah. huge challenge. You being a father, you oh, yeah. know how difficult the, and what a responsibility uh, it is. And I think yeah. that's that's I take that as my most important job. Really trying to maintain the family life balance. And yeah, more than anything, I'm a, I'm a dad first and a husband, you know, first. Um, and right. I try to remember that always. Yeah, and you're you're a little further down the the road than I am. My daughter's only uh, she just turned five, and yours is nine, right? Yes, yes. Well, she's about to to turn nine here in uh, in January uh, on the twenty sixth. So, oh wow, really, wow, yeah. She That's has cool. bought. I, you know, I'm sure you would probably say the same thing of Olivia, but um, she has bought nothing but joy into our lives. She's bought laughter and the magic has returned for me, um, most mm. certainly. And so, uh, that, uh, that's, I guess that phase of life that not everybody gets to experience. I feel real blessed to be here. Absolutely. You know, it's interesting. You, you brought that up because always before, you know, in my younger days, I, was adamantly against having a child, you know, and I thought, if I have a kid, my life is over, you know, like, there's going to be no more uh, of this lifestyle that I've built for myself. And what I didn't realize is like, it's this whole new chapter. And it's, I'm not downplaying, you know, my life before I had before I became a father. But it is beyond my wildest dreams, like how much just joy it is. I mean, that we, we both have young daughters, so it's there's days where it's trying, but uh, I can't. I couldn't have asked for a better a better kid. You know, she's just amazing. Yeah, yeah, and I think it. A lot of it, um, you know, I, I'm I'm not sure, but you know, I, I don't want to speak for you, but I, I most certainly would have to say that a lot of that comes from her mother. You know, and and I, I try to remember that 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 I'm. Uh, I'm just a teammate in this thing. My wife is largely <laughs> responsible for, um, you know, for education in the sense because I'm busy working and my, my wife is taking on that role and, and, and doing it from from home really requires yeah. almost, it's almost a full-time job. It's, it's, it's crazy. Oh, yeah. 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 That's, a, that's definitely that's no it. small feat, you know, running a household and educating a child at the same time. It's basically, in a lot of ways, probably like having two jobs. Yeah. At least. Yeah, yeah no, definitely. CEO of the household, for sure, uh, or chief operating officer, most certainly. I'm just the labor. <laughs> I, cut the, <laughs> I cut the grass. I do it to cut the trash and do all the other things that need to be done. And, and that's okay. I accept that role. You know, I, I want, I want right. to have that role. If somebody's going to do it. Then I want to be the one that's checking the air and the tires to make sure that the vehicles are safe to operate and that kind of thing, you know, and yeah, that part yeah, of yeah. being a father and being a husband, I find a lot of joy in it's a small act. These, these tiny little small acts of sacrifice that we make every day 
um, mm. that aren't selfish, that are at least, I don't want to say they're completely selfless, but they're at least, you know, um, uh, uh, just a thought about doing something for somebody other than yourself is an important phase of life to go through. Well, certainly when you're young, you don't have to worry about those type of things unless you're in a long-term relationship, most certainly. Right. Yeah. That's one of the things that it taught me. Uh, you know, one of the lessons that I've learned is to be patient with people more. You know, I, I kind of look at people differently now after I've had uh, the Olivia. She's taught me to be just more patient, not only with other people, but with myself. Um, I need to kind of, my goal, and I'm not always successful, but it's to express the same gratitude and compassion that I do to her, to other people. That makes, that makes complete sense. And, and gratitude is, is one of the words that keeps coming back to me over and over again in, 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 uh, in daily life, you know, just being grateful for things. Uh, I think it's one of the fundamental keys to, to living a fulfilling life as best as you can. And, you know, we're talking about these things in the context of a pandemic, right? And, and I think a lot of it has, has to do with, with the fact that we've all been forced to, to take stock and, and, and try and ask ourselves at least what's important to us. How, how should we be spending our time, you know, our, our daily, right. uh, just the, the daily routine of things. And I think when I was younger, you know, well, certainly in my 20s, I'll give you an example of this. I would have been really pissed that that the the neighbor has this beautiful majestic live oak and it drops tons of leaves into my pool, like and oh. first world problems, right? <laughs> but I'm really battling yeah, yeah. it, and it's really um, a maintenance issue. If all these leaves get clogged up into the filter, then we could have problems, and we have more expenses for the household, and we can't have that. And you know, it's just so. You, 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 you just start to think, man, this is this horrible. This guy needs to trim this tree. Anyways, um, it, when I was younger, that, that's the attitude that I would have had. But then, you know, as, a, as, as someone who's, who's, who's in his 40s now, uh, I tend to look at it through the lens of saying, well, yeah, we should be grateful, though, during the summertime for the shade that that tree provides, you know. Mm. And so, yeah on the opposite end of the spectrum, that's what's there. And if that's what you choose to look at and that's what you choose to focus on, then, uh, you know, you're not going to be as disgruntled, so to speak, because there's a Absolutely. lot of yeah. frustration and a lot of, a lot of, I don't know, it's anger, angst, you know, and it's understandable, yeah. you know? Um, but I think if we just all took the time to at least stop for just a second and, and think about, okay, well, what, what, uh, what do we have? You know, what does, what, what does, what was this, what does the other side of this look like? Basically when you're younger, I don't know, right. unless you're super mature because there are folks who do it. But when I was in my twenties, I was pretty stupid, you know? Um, oh, I'm, I'm right there with you. I'm, I'm still growing up. <laughs> yeah. yeah not to say soon. that I've got it all figured out now or anything. No way. <laughs> well, Einstein, it's I think. It's all an improvisation. Really yeah. <laughs> But Einstein had a great quote about what you're talking about, you know, that, uh, and I'm paraphrasing it probably badly, but he said like that, you know, some people see a hostile universe and others see a benevolent universe and, and basically like they're both right. You know, yeah. whatever you look for, you're going to find. 
You know, I, I've seen that. I, I've seen that uh, as well. And there's so many memes. I mean, sometimes I want to I want to post a, a billboard that says you know, on all of my social media, you know, and I had a buddy, we got in an argument that he say, you're not relevant if you don't have at least three social media platforms. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, oh, come wow. down. <laughs> you know? And he was really I can barely uh, keep up with one. Yeah, it's hard enough. Exactly. Right. Uh, what we need is an app that controls all three simultaneously. You know, I think there's services like that out there, but yeah. to me, that's just another thing I got to manage, you know, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so I'm not trying it. to really be an influencer, <laughs> <laughs> you know, one, you brought up uh, social media and you're one of my favorite people on social media because your post, especially uh, the ones I see on Facebook, and uh, I'll be honest, I haven't been on as active on Facebook. So you may not be doing this anymore, but you used to have just, it would just be a post of like prose. You yeah. know, I, I wouldn't call it poetry or essay, but it was somewhere in the middle of that. Um, oh, are you yeah. still doing those? those? Yeah. Um, I, I, I do them some days, some days I have, you know, this rapid fire, like thought to put down. And that's really what I, you know, the, we call it Facebook. I, I call it the book. And then you got, you know, hmm. Um, and, and really what 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 I try to not lose sight of again is the fact that this this platform was originally created as a, as a digital journal. And that's really what I'm trying to accomplish with it uh, is I'm trying to leave, you know, for lack of a better word, w- you know, once my daughter was born, I really had this nine years ago, uh, you know, almost nine years ago, this thought that I needed to, to document things and I needed to record them because there aren't enough pictures from when I was a kid. All I have are the stories mm. that my mother shared with me. And obviously yeah. the oral tradition is very big in the Hispanic culture, you know, um, the Mexicano culture, the Tejano culture here in Texas. Um, but yeah. uh, but it, I feel like, you know, I, I can't really necessarily be, be here forever. I know that time is finite and eventually I'll be gone. And as a father i'd like to leave like uh, a library of books to point my kid in the direction uh to you know or uh quotes yeah. that have helped me endure through through difficult times so to speak so that when she needs some kind of uh, compass that she can reach back out to this library of music and film and writing and books yeah and, and, and go find her own answers you know and so Really, that's that's what I'm trying to leverage Facebook or any of the social media platforms is to is to leave a digital footprint, so to speak, for my kid so that she can go back and find it later if she needs to. Maybe even sometimes I thought of just doing this and it, maybe it sounds silly, but leaving a a, uh, uh, a URL address on a on any particular mm. date and on that date maybe have just some kind of subtitle that says that this is what I was thinking, or this is what this was about. And this is where I got this inspiration from yeah. or where I, I, I was able to find some clarity um, in, in this particular thing or not. So, so it's it, not That's so formal, you... very informal, but I'm trying yeah. to use it for that, you know, that reason and not for, you know, so many put out, so many people put out so much stuff it's crazy it's almost absurd like the personal yeah. amount of information that we're sharing giving to these these machines that are collecting all the data <laughs> yeah no <laughs> doubt yeah some people it seems like they use it like a bullhorn you know and yeah. it's kind of crazy when you think about it because you know it's sort of like going into a room with 200 or so people 
and just screaming, you know, your uh, whatever <laughs> particular outrage you might have for the day. Yeah. Well, and, and I, I think people forget sometimes this is going to be out there forever, you know. And yeah, you, you yeah. know, uh, do you want to be honest and raw and real? Yeah, absolutely. My friends know who I am. The, my, you know, all we, we, you know, there seems to be this layer for me because I, I don't know. Um, my, my wife is always joking because she's always so much more uh, introverted, so to speak, and reserved. Oh, really? Uh, and she keeps things a lot more close to the cuff. I'm more of a mm. of a uh, open book, so to speak. I, you know, I, here here I am, warts and all. You know, basically, kind of guy. Yeah. Uh, like me or love me or you know you don't. That's that's cool too. No peace. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> our way down the path, you know, we're all going down. Right. Yeah. Our own paths. So. That's, that's interesting. Cause, uh, you know, you've met my wife, she's kind of the same way. I think they're sort of, uh, similar, you know, they both have these extroverted husbands and then they're both kind of introverted. <laughs> so well, I guess they, it is true opposite to tact, right? I think, I think, uh, at its most fundamental base level, uh, um, both you and I are, are somewhat of a s storytellers, you know, now that you have mm. your podcast, I feel like you're, you're, you're a wonderful curator of stories so to speak. Um, oh, well, thank you. So not only are you inspiring by telling your story and sharing it with us, but, uh, but you're creating other people's stories. And I think that's a beautiful thing uh, to be engaged in. Well, I, uh, I appreciate that. It's uh, definitely been a, a journey, you know, um, doing this. And uh, one of the things that I'm opening it up to is just, you know, having more people on. Uh, I'm still going to have, you know, the, the occasional week where it's myself. But yeah. um, I really wanted to kind of expand it, like you said, and let other people share their stories like you're talking about. And you were one of the first people that came to mind because of your your writing ability. Uh, let me just ask you, when has that always been a thing for you? Like even as a kid, were you you know, writing at an early age? I, I think I, I, I was, and I, I think I got it from my mother quite a bit. My mother was, she was the uh, uh, kind of person who, who always would, you know, kind of be a spokesperson, so to speak, in social circles, whether it was a wedding or a quinceanera or the family had to say something to the, you know, to, to, the, to the rest of the, the town. I grew up in a small town. Uh, you know, and uh, having grown up in a small town, everyone knows everyone, and there's certain things that occur, you know, uh, seasonally, and that's the way I tend to. I still tend to try and live. Our, we still try to tend our, uh, live our lives that way, seasonally, and, as opposed to just staring at the calendar all year, going January through December. And, and I think I got it from her. Um, I was most certainly inspired by by her her ability to. Um, convey a message you still there yes I'm, I'm still here are you here can you hear me oh okay yeah. yeah looks like we kind of froze up there yeah i think so one um, of the limit not sure what happened there yeah one of the limitations of uh zoom i guess you know it's... <laughs> yeah yeah unfortunately uh, we can't do those in-person you know interviews as much anymore i shouldn't say interviews but just conversations but we just uh we have to do do this now you know what i mean oh yeah 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 it's it, it's been we we we've tried to venture out uh you know obviously for groceries and those type of things it's only been here recently that we've actually um gone out and actually 
eaten at places that have uh, outdoor seating. Of course, it's getting colder now, so that's, oh, okay. that's not yeah. uh, going to be possible or feasible. But, uh, you know, there's news of the vaccine coming, so folks are optimistic. Yeah, I saw that the, uh, I think Dallas got a, a truckload of it and, um, well, a box, I should say. Yeah. <laughs> I was watching the local news and Austin got one as well. Um, how do you feel about that? Are you are you going to wait and see kind of how everything goes with that vaccine? Like, what's your comfort level? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't want to necessarily be the first uh, the first through for that one. Uh, uh, not, not that I have any any uh, any belief that you know I'm not an anti-vaccine kind of guy. I never have been, um, uh, but uh, I, I feel like there's going to be a COVID twenty, a COVID twenty one, and a COVID twenty three, and all of this is beginning, mm. beginning part of the process in my mind when I look at it as an event driven type thing, and so wow. um, I'm I'm just uh, I'm in no hurry so to speak because I know there's going to be another pandemic. Sure, actually, you know we're on COVID nineteen. Oh wow, now, you think so? I I know I say that a lot, but I, I'm I know I'm the crazy vegan, you know. Yeah. Um, the tree hugger that says, you know, <laughs> that basically we're causing this on ourselves. But it's interesting that you say that, like, are you, you think this is just going to keep happening and happening, huh? Yeah, I, I think we've reached a, a point where, where, um, you know, based on, you know, Fauci and, and, and the scientists that are, that are speaking, you know, that, uh, that, that uh, we're going to have to deal with certain things in the future, you know, and that's one of them. So the movement toward, and the drive that's being called for innovation on the technology side is going to continue to push forward, I believe. And, you know, again, I don't know whether these will have positive or negative impacts on, on the world. Um, but uh, I think, again, it's causing a lot of folks to take stock in what's important and what's not, you know. And so the, you know, the same guy that you, the, you know, vegan uh, tree hugging guy that you are, uh, you know, I am still at heart, you know, because I believe that we should, you sh we should do our best to, to, to leave things better than we found them, you know, at the most fundamental yeah. level. Right. But, um, also because it's, what's good for the environment and good, good for the future. You know, the, the world that, uh, that our children will be left with is going to be a fascinating one, most certainly. And they're mm -hmm. going to have to have, that's, yeah. that's the other thing about the sense of urgency to leave a digital footprint, because they're going to have to deal with so much more stuff than we ever had to deal with. And they're going to need a strong oh, foundation. Yeah. They're going to need the tools to navigate that world, uh, which it's, you know, it can be a scary world. Most, most certainly. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. See, so you mentioned earlier that you, you know, grew up in South Texas and I've always felt like you and I were kind of kindred spirits because I had, I, I'm not from Texas, but I moved there when I was like 12 years old and I was also living in South Texas. So I feel like we both sort of had our coming of age era, uh, not in the same town, but in the same sort of demographics, sort of seek, you know, the, the same area. And another, you know, key component of our lives that we sort of share is that we're both cancer survivors. Yeah. And, um, I was just curious because you had yours much earlier than I did. I was in my like mm, late twenties, I think. Yeah. But you were like, uh, what was it thirteen? Yeah, I was thirteen, uh, July fourth, nineteen eighty-eight, so to speak. And, wow. Yeah. Um, so July fourth, you know, I think we you know we've talked about this before. It holds a different meaning for me. 
uh, in terms of independence yeah. for the country, most certainly, but just just uh, the significance of that uh, milestone or that marker, so to speak, it, uh, it, it it's always there. Uh, and I think it's gotten to the point where, you know, I, I acknowledge it uh, most years, but when it comes to like the, the, de- the decades, you start to, you know, take it off that way and, and take, take stock in that. And I think that's also a, another fundamental thing about both of us that, you know, we view the world differently because we grew up in small towns in South Central Texas. Mm-hmm. I know I do. When it comes to race, oh, which yeah. has been a, a huge uh, subject uh, of 2020, most certainly, uh, oh, you know, yeah. having grown up in South Central Texas to a place where a lot of Czech and, and, and uh, German immigrants migrated to, I went to school with, you know, predominantly, well, it was school was a product predominantly, you know, a third white, third black and a third Hispanic. So um, I got to learn at an early age because I went to catechism with these folks. I played little league with them. And so families get to know each other in a small town and and you get to realize that there's good and bad in everyone uh, at a very early age, or at least I did. Um, And I think that 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 vantage point gives me a different view of the world today, you know, as a 45 year old guy. Well, certainly I, I feel like my world has been very rich because of it, you know, because I've been exposed yeah. to other cultures and other folks. And then not to top it off, I've been blessed enough to travel the country and see what the West Coast is like and what the East Coast is like. And I've been to the mm-hmm. Midwest. So I've got an, a good feel for, for what our country is. And I think at the most fundamental base level, if we all get back to it, you know, everyone wants and needs food, shelter, and, um, and they want uh, to have their kids, uh, they want their kids to have a fighting chance in the world, you know, and if we get back to that, I think, right. you know, we'll, we'll, we'll all understand that what's, what's, you know, it's not good enough to have something sufficient for your own kids. All kids need, need education. All kids need healthcare, you know, and, and those type of things. And if we get back to that and understanding that at the most base level, and I, and I think there's hope. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, Moving to Texas really shifted my worldview radically. Uh, I had kind of an opposite upbringing because I was, you know, born in the backwoods of Arkansas. And my parents, when they told us they were going to move to South Texas, they were very just concerned because it was going to disrupt their all white world. Mm. And they, they would villainize before we even got here, you know, well, the kind of people that I was going to meet. And <laughs> when I, when I arrived in Victoria, Victoria, I mean, it was, I just felt like it was so much more rich with culture and diversity than what I was used to. Mm-hmm. And it just completely opened me up. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, um, you know, uh, travel is most certainly good for the soul, I think. And when you travel with people, you find out a lot about them, um, even our family, you know, and those are things that, that uh, you know, our kids are paying attention to now that I have a child. And, and I think that I, w- I went through this phase for me. Uh, I don't know if I've talk, ever talked to you about it, but after my mother passed, I went through a difficult phase in my relationship with my father. Mm. And I think that in, in a lot of ways, I judged him too harshly now that I'm a father myself. Oh. Uh, I had expectations that uh, that my parent that my parents that both my parents would be perfect. Yeah. You know? and, and, and they're human and, and 
reality is they don't always necessarily react to events or circumstances the same way or the way that, that, that we, as kids, we might think that they should. Yeah. How old were you, if you don't mind me asking, when your, when your mother passed? Uh, I was in my 20s. I was 20. Uh, I think it was 21, oh, really? 22. Yeah. yeah. Ironically, it was around the same time that I met me. Oh, wow. So, uh, you know, yet again, another one of those those uh, low points in life that end up, you know, being blessed by something that huh. is, is, is beyond all measure, yeah. you know, meeting, meeting the woman that I was spending the rest of my life with at that same time. So, wow. It is. That's interesting that she, she came into your life, right. As you know, you're very, you were very close to your mother and right as she was, you know, leaving your life, you know, you basically got what I would consider, and I, I don't, I hope this doesn't sound too cheesy or hyperbolic, but you, you were sent an angel, it sounds like, in a way. Yeah, yeah, I, I would, I would, I would say in many regards, although I didn't know it at the time, because mm. I spent, you know, the balance of my 20s being, you know, um, being stuck in a cycle of, of mourning, basically, yeah. um, because I had lost my map and my compass, you know, my mother really was my barometer for the world wow, at really? that time. And it's so crazy. I didn't, I didn't realize it at the time, but you know, eventually my daughter and my wife, you know, now they, they have become that same barometer that my mother mm. was, which is very strange. You know, my moral compass for the world, so yeah. to speak, and, uh, you know, my why, you know, basically, you know, why do you get up in the morning? You know, and they, they, there's, you know, a really good friend that I went to school with. He reminded me uh, of that. Uh, there's a saying, you know, when your why's outweigh your, your needs, mm um uh then you know you'll you you're driven you become passionate about yeah. it and uh i think you know my selfish needs i was able to lay them down finally you know um and, and realize that uh, uh when the kid was born that uh we needed to change some things and you know, hit the reset button so to speak or at least move on to the next phase and chapter right like you talked about yeah it does make you kind of take stock of a lot of things you know i uh, i suddenly realized that uh i'm an old guy at least for a, a first-time father you know i'm 46 now <laughs> and so you know doing yeah. the math i'm like well if uh she, when she's my age i'll be what 90 so you know yeah. that really it snapped my mortality into focus. And I think that for me, it, it changes behaviors, you know, yeah. certain things just certainly yeah. don't matter anymore, you know? Well, and, and I think the standard, the standard is for me is, is, you know, um, could I explain this to my wife or my daughter, mm. you know, if they didn't understand it, if I did something, yeah. And I, and I had to explain it to them. Could I explain it to them? Uh, could I make sense of it for them? Uh, even if it was maybe in a gray area, the decision that I made, whatever it was, right. you know, it's not quite clear. Um, and so, you know, a lot of people, um, and I, most certainly I was raised Catholic, a lot of religious folks tend to turn to God. What would Jesus do? You yeah. Know, that kind of thing. And, uh, and, and I, you know, I think that's great. I, I, you know, there was a long time or phase in my life where I did that. Um, but now it's more of the people that I love and care about the people around me. If, if, if I was to do anything, so to speak, could I explain it? Could it make mm. sense of it? You know? Yeah. That's, that's a great way to look at just everything. As, as you said, that's what makes these important people, those guiding compasses, you know, your moral compass. Yeah. I, I really believe that 
you know, everyone is always talking about guardian angels, but, and I've said it on the podcast before, but, you know, what if we're the guardian angels for each other? Yeah. What if that's really us? I think that's that's a beautiful sentiment because I I think that, you know, we, we all, we all have the, the ability to heal each other. Um, And if we would just only understand that and realize that, that sometimes just having a conversation with an old friend and a cup of coffee can be healing, Mm, you know, uh, these simple acts that we, that we do, uh, they, they, they feed us. Yes. Uh, they don't eat us away, basically, like so much of the world, it seems. You know, right. Everybody yeah. wants to take, take, take. But when you when you um, realize those moments, they're, they're beautiful. Yeah. I don't know what else to call them because they're rooted in love, really. Absolutely. I think in love is, is another cliched key to things. But when you love when you love something, you know, you uh, you don't judge it. Mm. You're, you're more likely to be compassionate. And compassion is missing, I think, too, in the world these days. We need to get back to it. It's something that we need to remember. Well, I think our survival depends on it. Yeah. I, I can't go on. Excuse me. <laughs> That's why, you know, we don't go. It's just my phone notification going Man, off. My alarm keeps going off, which can tell you, like, how, how late I get up. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna do it again. well like i said I, I do it i do it in in some ways this is the selfish part of the day the day that i get to feed my my spirit my mind you know whether I, i'm going for a walk or whether i'm you know just doing something outdoors around the house uh um, nothing too loud we want to wake up the neighbors but well certainly uh it, it's my time to uh to put the game plan together for the day too. I, I tend to tend to use that time selfishly for myself. Uh, well, I think you, then, you you have know, to take some time for yourself, you know? You have to give yourself that time because I'm sure your world is the same as mine. As soon as it's time for your daughter to get up or for work to start, it's go, 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 and it doesn't stop until, you know, what, between 7 and 9 o'clock at night. <laughs> so you have <laughs> yeah, to... It almost, you have to yeah. find some time for you, you know, and that's, that's one of the things that I've learned is that I've got to give myself yeah, I, that space. It can be chaos. Like I, I want to say yesterday, um, yesterday I must've like, I had one of those epiphany moments when, you know, at some point, some days you might be frustrated. You know, I've got, uh, I've got CNBC in the back. I'm trying to listen to the news. I'm doing my I'm doing my daily uh, scavenge of of uh, potential uh, trades that I want to execute. Like because I, I I started during the pandemic doing this uh, you know this this cliched thing and doing a little bit of day trading on oh, the side. Nice. So I'm engaging in the in the in the stock market and that has made me so much more um, um, hungry to to, to to gather information yeah you know, to filter through all the stuff that's being provided so I'm, I'm focused on that but my mind is is pulling me to the page to write mm. you know and that's how I, I know that that I'm at my most fundamental level I'm supposed to be a storyteller because I have these this drive within me that wants to pull me in that direction and in the background the kid is on a zoom class you know, she gets off, uh, the tree's lit there. And then all of a sudden, Alexa sparks up Christmas music oh, and it's yeah. blaring out the back. And I want to holler in the room and say, hey, shut that music down. <laughs> but I stop myself and I think, 
Christmas is still magical for her and she yeah. wants to play Christmas music in between her Zoom meetings. Who am I to like yeah, <laughs> who know. am I to, to to be the Grinch and 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 jerk and tell her to cut to cut it down. Oh music. yeah. Cause you know, right now what we have, you and I both, is just a, a kind of a glimpse. You know what I mean? Like it's those things that annoy us yeah. now in 10 years or whatever the time frame is, we're going to be like, man, I really miss those, those Christmas songs blaring in the background when I'm trying to do some work. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. There was this poet uh, by the name of Lee Young Lee that I read years ago and I can't remember the the poem, but the, the sentiment that was uh, executed in that poem was uh, left a vivid image uh, in my mind forever. And that's really what poetry does. I think to, for a lot of folks, um, without even, you know, subconsciously or consciously knowing it. And he left, he left the sound of, uh, of his daughter's and uh, my daughter's pitter patter mm. running down the hallway. Yeah. And that sound, that echo in the hallway is just a sound that he took with him, you know, and he carried with him oh. even when she became an adult and got married and, you know, had children of her own. He always remembered his daughter's pitter patter footprint, you know, footsteps and, running back and forth in the hallway. Oh, wow. and, you know, there were times when he didn't want her to be running around and he'd ask her to stop. But he, that that is now, uh, have, has become the blessing that he remembers or recalls from his daughter's yeah. childhood. Well, the, the trick is to recognize that before it's over. And it sounds like you've yeah. done that, <laughs> you know, because you have well, that. It's pretty hard. <laughs> well, sure. I mean, nobody's <laughs> perfect, right? But... <laughs> You had the awareness to kind of stop before you opened that door. You're like, hey, shut that music down. And you you recognize that moment. Yeah, well, well, and it's so fun uh, because, uh, you know, and that's what makes me feel to some extent like a little bit like if, 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 if you could ever be a jazz musician, right? I love jazz. I've, mm, I've loved yeah. jazz since the time that I arrived there in Austin. And, and, and it coincides with the love of music for the music capital of the world, so to speak. Yeah. Um, and it's one of the fun things that I will always take with me is, is the music. That's where I really learned to, 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 to understand it and love it. And, uh, you know, you, you, you got all this chaos or seeming constructed chaos around you. Right. And then it's time for you to break in and play the sax or the trumpet or whatever it is. And it's time for you to give your, your, um, your contribution to the song, you know, the next guy up you know, he's playing the bass or playing the drums. He comes in when it's his time and he tells his interpretation of the story, basically. And that's all that's going on in my household. And if I stop to, to think about it that uh. way, then I see my my daughter's playing her instrument when she does that. You know, my wife is, is doing her thing. And so we've got a house oh, wow. full of all these noises and these this this information that's being processed. But I, it feels to me like like we're... We're in unison. Yeah, or, yeah. Or maybe and maybe we're not in unison because sometimes there's conflict. We bump up against each other and we get on each other's nerves because that's what family does, you know. Oh yeah. But it's beautiful. Yeah, it's it beautiful. is. You know, that's... even it's even in its chaos and its mess, it's beautiful. <laughs> well, I think that's one of the lessons to be learned from jazz is that uh, out of chaos comes order. That there's order in the chaos. And yeah. it. Yeah. And if there's not order and there's chaos, then there's. There's, there's at least something to cause you to react. Exactly. Right? You know, yeah. Like, it invokes emotion and you're writing. Yeah, yeah. I know it's not an ensemble type of thing, but your writing is sort of, when I read that in your stuff, it, it kind of reminds me of jazz. 
you know, because mm. it's just, uh, it's very, it, it comes from different directions at the same time. You sent me yeah. some excerpts. Is what, what, what is that? Uh, what are you planning to do with, with that? Um, well, that really at its most fundamental level that goes back to the, to the, to the documentation piece, you know, mm. since the, my daughter was born, me wanting to, to lay down that footprint. Uh, and so I started working, you know, years ago, really, I, I, I it morphed into poetry collection, uh, a series of essays and, 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 um, you know, short stories and vignettes, just things that might have happened, or maybe examples of, of a family member who went through this particular phase in their lives. And uh, just me wanting to share those stories, just like my mother used to do verbally in the yeah. back bedroom, you know, or at the kitchen table over coffee in the morning early when she and I used to spend time, you know, when, when she was, she used to wake up early. She was an early riser. Oh, really? And we used to sometimes sneak off to a local taco shop or a local spot there in, home, in my hometown and drink coffee. And I think that's where my love of coffee originally oh. came from also was from my mother. And uh, oh, so cool. in, uh, in the time of COVID, you know, it's just a, it's a collection of letters, short stories, poems, essays, and what have you. Um, um, and it's, you know, really comes from, some of it comes from before the pandemic, some of it comes from during, and some of it will come from after as well. Yeah. Also. Well, I, I can't wait to read more. I, I'm really looking forward to it because just the, the preface that you sent me, um, you, you just have beautiful imagery. You've got... You can tell that you've been writing for a while because you have a way of of conveying a message in a poetic manner. Oh, um, and I appreciate you saying that. I think that that um, I'm just trying to describe it usually in, in a way that that that, uh, that will um, cause you to pay attention at least. Um, maybe uh, give, give moment uh, for pause to, to, to uh, internalize it. And I think that at its most fundamental level, when I speak from the heart, they, they always say, you know, uh, what is it? Um, say it like you would uh, write it like you would say it hmm. and speak it like it would sound. Uh -huh. And if you do that, then, then whether you're, we're talking about any kind of um, discipline, whether it's music or, writing or what have you if it comes yeah. from the heart then it really is you you know because you could be you could be a musician you could be a writer you know there's lots of writers out there and you can play the notes technically properly you know mm -hmm. te technically proper so to speak yeah you could hit every note like you're supposed to but if you're not playing it with your voice then it then it then it's not you it's not authentic in my opinion you're you know we're going through the motions and i don't right. want to ever go through the motion not with anything and most certainly with my writing um, and I, you know, I, I don't have anything published aside from a few things here and there. Um, but this is considered, I would consider it would be, you know, some of my life's work and it's really intended for my daughter more than anything. And so, hmm, yeah. you know, I like to think that if, if I end up, you know, publishing it, uh, at some point down the line, that it's something that might also benefit the world. Yeah. No, you, I... You've inspired me, Brad, with your, with your sharing and your podcast, uh, um, and your willingness to step out is kind of like inspired me to, to just to say, okay, yeah, I am writing a book. I'm, I, you know, cause a lot of folks are, I've always been kind of timid or shy about saying that so yeah. to speak, in some ways, 
but I don't have a problem owning it anymore. Yeah, I'm writing a book. Is it finished? No, it's not. It's, it's, it's still being worked on. It's a work in progress. Absolutely. And, you know, <clears throat> I, I have so much more respect for what I would say the amateurs out there than I do the professionals. You know, the people that actually find the time to focus on a craft outside of their day job, so to speak. It's purely a passion project for them. And that's one of the things that this podcast has kind of opened me up to. It, it reminds me, I don't know if you're familiar with Dire Straits, their song, uh, Sultans of Swing. So, ah. yeah, the song is all about these amazing musicians that aren't professionals. You know, they, mm -hmm. I think one of the line is, you know, he can play the guitar like nobody else, but he's got a daytime job, you know, he, you know, but they they still love the art so much that they don't do it for awards or money. They do it because they love it. And, you know, when I'm listening to podcasts, I, I always want to listen to what I would consider the indie podcast, the people like myself mm -hmm. that are doing this just yeah. to, just to do it. And yeah, um, yeah. so to me, well, even... and, and <clears throat> there's so much talent out there. If you just, you just look around and stop to think, you know, you, you might have a coworker who maybe he's a bit, a bit of a jerk at work um, and, you know, and he's a certain way. Um, but it, it doesn't necessarily mean that, uh, that he doesn't have some other skill set that he's just not performing at his job, you know, right. Yeah. I have a day job. And I posted this meme because uh, another friend of mine that I that I had met up with, um, he's, he's got his hands in so many pots. He's got so many side hustles. He's just one of those guys that I really admire because he's always got something going on. Um, and 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 you know, does he fail? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, does he does he take missteps? Yeah, absolutely. But he just keeps going. He just keeps going. He just keeps going. And, and it's it's so inspirational to see. Uh, somebody do that, you know, whether it's, you know, he's a chef or a cook, you know, mm -hmm. at his most fundamental base, but he's got all these other things going on. And I posted this, this picture of two, two tigers and a meme. Yeah. And those two tigers were sitting in a hot tub, just chilling. And he's like, yeah. So, you know, um, what, what was it? I think the quote is, uh, yeah, the, 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 the frosted flakes is just my day job. Uh, the real money comes from, comes from you know something else <laughs> yeah i mean it's, it's i think hilarious. i think more you know more people than not have that sort of creative outlet that maybe we don't even know about you know like you said that the guy that can't seem to get his tps report right he might be a phenomenal <laughs> uh you know writer yeah. we just don't know about I, I i had i the thing is and, and i had so many examples of that from growing up i was so blessed i had an example of, of a gentleman who grew up down the street from, from me on, on, the, on the corner of Fisher and Hopkins. And I grew up on a dirt road. So every mm, time, yeah. you know, a car would drive by, the dust would kick up and it would mm. just get everywhere. It would just like seep into your bones. You felt like you could never be clean. Take a bath. Yeah. You know, you're still dirty because you got dust on you. <laughs> but he, he, kept, he kept this immaculate front yard backyard side yard he and he wasn't a, a landscape arborist or he wasn't he wasn't any of that he was just a regular guy who worked at the eggplant and uh, um uh, he was the father to one of my best friends growing up um and and he he uh his wife left him um 
at a certain point with the two boys. Oh, she wow. ran off. Uh, she ran off with another guy. Um, and, uh, I, you know, I, I can't imagine how devastating that would have been, if, yeah. if, you know, as a guy. Right. But you're charged with the responsibility of raising your two sons. You got to do it. And he he could have done a million things, you know, with with his life. But as a sacrifice, he chose to work, go to work, wake up every morning, three in the morning, get to the plant, do what he needed to do. And then the time that he spent just manicuring the yard. So he took so much pride and ownership for his house and the home that he had built for his for his family, even without his wife. He was going to maintain the yard and he did so immaculately. And I just, I was so impressed by that labor of love that I saw or witnessed for my first, you know, 18 years of life. Basically. Mm. That's, that's cool. Yeah. He's uh, keeping his own little corner of the world in order, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I feel that way sometimes too, you know, when things go to shit, when I'm really pissed off and angry and frustrated what do you do i go cut my grass there you go because i can control cutting i can control cutting my grass i can control the hedger you know yeah uh, this is my domain so to speak and I, and, and I feel blessed to have that outlet or that ability to go to go do that you know yeah it's your moment of zen right <laughs> exactly you know, if, if that's what you want to call it <laughs> absolutely just stick in the ear pods Go listen to music and yeah. spend an hour and a half, two hours out in the yard. There you go, man. Well, hey, Marcos, I appreciate you being on the show and uh, and sharing all this with me. It's it's been it's been a uh, a pleasure, and I I'm so grateful for it. Oh well, thank you, Brad, for having me, and uh, I hope to see you and Kim and Olivia soon. You know, when this pandemic is over, uh, yeah, we'd love to get together with you guys. We we miss you. Yeah, you're right down the road. So there's no, uh, you know, the, one thing this has taught me, it's that um, I need to connect with old friends more, you know, and um, part of the reason, you know, you're here is that I just had this urge to to reach out to you. And so, oh, man, and I really appreciate it. Thank you for doing that. Absolutely. Well, keep on keep on writing, man. I want to see more pages. <laughs> absolutely. We'll see you soon. All right, man. See ya. Thanks so much for listening today. I uh, really hope you enjoyed the show. I always enjoy talking to Marcos. He's a great guy. Hopefully I'll uh, be able to get him back on at some point. You can find the backlog of episodes at thecoffeebuzzpodcast.com. Always check the show notes. I've got a latest and greatest playlist. I think I'm going back to the Yacht Rock with this one just to, to kind of ease into the new year with, uh, with some bubblegum pop from the 70s and 80s. It's good stuff. I hope you like it. You can find me on all the usual social media places, but most commonly on Twitter at the Coffee Buzz PC. Or you can send me an old school email at the Coffee Buzz Podcast at gmail.com. Hope you have a great week. I will talk to you next time.